Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good afternoon, Hopi Land. It's beautiful here in downtown Gigotsmovi, Arizona. I'm your host, Carl, and this is J-Man. What's going on out there? <laughs> so how was your weekend? The weekend was, um, we went to visit our daughter again. It was nice. We we celebrated the Tapahan uh, the Men's uh, celebration of the male parent in the household so you know i had a good father's day the wife took me out for uh some some good good food and got some great gifts what about you what did you- uh yeah i uh i actually built a deck for my soul for father's day so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that works out does it does it I, work out like that i i'm i'm sure she appreciated yeah. it yeah I, she screw the father just help out the mother screw qua and just took care of soul huh <laughs> That was pretty much it. <laughs> See, w- when I was building my deck, I only uh, had one training, which was YouTube video okay. on how to build a deck. That was it. That's what, that was my training. You know what? As as a, a father at home, I, the, YouTube is the classroom, I think, <laughs> for a lot of us guys that uh, aren't necessarily um, – in the ha- in the in the hands-on type of professions, you yeah. know, maybe we were push buttons and click keyboards all day, yeah. and then um, yeah. when, when you got to fish f- fix the washer or you know something breaks, it's like, oh man, how do I do this? YouTube, <laughs> it's that, exactly, and and that's that was my training for how to build a deck. <laughs> so uh, today's topic. So today's topic, I think we're going to be talking about identity theft. I- identity theft. So did you have issues with your uh, credit card or, no, or bank account? My 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 thing is that people are becoming to be more like uh, Carl, the long-haired master. <laughs> You're tired of uh, people taking your looks. I'm, huh? I'm tired of people taking my looks here because I want to be and I want to be the only Indian around here. So. <laughs> So, so not necessarily uh, financial stuff, but uh, what we're going to be talking no. about today it, with the the lost identity topic is uh, identity, the topic of identity. Yeah, and uh, the topic of identity is such a huge topic uh, in Indian country. Um, it's something that um, is a, a question that's usually asked in American Indian Studies classes 101. But I also feel that it's, you know, talking about identity, it's almost like we're playing catch in a glass house with a bowling ball yeah. and you suck at sports. <laughs> See, uh, you know, the talking about identity is kind of a, a huge issue right now, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now, especially because... You know, we're, we are forgotten. We're forgotten people. You know, we, we're not in this, uh, this whole ordeal that's happening right now. Yeah. This whole mainstream discussion. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because I do feel like that, um, 
I, I guess on the national the national narrative, yeah, fails to talk about American Indians, Native Americans, yeah. Indigenous peoples, etc. Yeah. That are young people that they tend to gravitate towards any issue that addresses people of color, and so you got the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now. Yeah, you see a lot of our our Native uh, youngins. You know what really uh, pisses me off sometimes is that where is my ESPN story? You know, where is my ESPN story about me? I stand on the edge of the cliff every night with my hair loose and my feather in my hair. And I don't see an ESPN story about that. Well, I think the qualifications to get that story, Carl, is that you actually have to play sports. And to my knowledge, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Damn, there's always a catch. But, you know, this is like like we said, you know, this is a sensitive topic. And so um, why, why do you think that, you know, this topic of identity is such a sensitive issue? Why it's kind of a sore spot for, for some folks? I think it's because we don't I, we don't identify us just as one people anymore. We we have multiple generations, multiple identities, yeah, multiple identities. And so that's like, you know, it, it's saying that, OK, um, uh, an, an apple pretty much is an apple. Mm -hmm. But when you mix it with other fruits and vegetables, it doesn't become just an apple juice anymore. It's, it's, it's a, it's fruit, a fruit cocktail. cocktail. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. And that's the whole concept of, of identity. And I think that's, it's kind of a sore spot for people because we just don't identify to one thing. We can say uh -huh. we're native, but we're Americans, like different Indian things. <laughs> And I guess, you know, to talk about maybe ourselves a little bit to um, push this discussion forward, um, what is our identity? What is your identity? So How, I, what do you identify so yourself as? So we're both Hopis. We're mm -hmm. both Hopis. I, li I come from the village of Hotbella. Mm -hmm. My clan is Coyote Clan or mm -hmm. Iswingwa. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, all my uncles out there, whoever's listening, you guys don't know anything. Just kidding. Don't don't whip me, okay? I'll, I'll hold him down for you if uh, any of the <laughs> I, I was just coyote men want to come down kidding. to the studio I was just right kidding. now. <laughs> I, and, and, you know, that's kind of a funny thing, too, because, you know, like, oh, this is, what, episode six? Yeah, episode and, six. And, and this is the first time that we're mentioning uh, our clans, yeah. you know, about, in terms of who we are as our I identity. Uh, for me, I'm from the village of uh, uh from uh, the lower village. In Ampikiswuma, uh, which is my clan, and so I definitely think that even as Hopis, if you really want to um, dissect it even further, that definitely the village that you come from kind of helps mold your identity, right? Yeah, uh, because certain villages might be famous or infamous for certain things. So, like like you guys, for example, uh, Hotvela, um, I often call the village uh, land of the hostiles. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody's a hostile over there. I don't know why. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not hostile towards you guys. Uh huh. And then like Munkapi, I've always thought of Munkapi kind of like as as the Hawaii of uh, the United States. You know, it's paradise because of uh, all the running water. Yeah, and the McDonald's is just down the street. Yeah, we're always mad at you guys because you guys have the water. Where <laughs> and we irrigate, and and so you know that's uh, something that's kind of built into my identity, I guess. Yeah. Because that's another topic that we've never really talked much about on this uh, podcast is uh, farming. Oh, yeah. You know, Hopis are farmers. Uh, if you're a Hopi 
or even just male or female, more than likely you've experienced uh, working in the field, whether you grew up on res or you uh, live off the reservation, that most of our relatives come back to help during this time of the year yeah, to help uh, take care of the fields. And so for us, you know, we grew up irrigating. yeah, And that's kind of a, a process that's been added into this idea of what we think about farming. And then like you said, you know, our villages, like Munkapi, we've always um, associated ourselves with the village of Oraivi yeah. because that's where we're from. And so if you, uh, and you know, I, 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 unfortunately, I do have to say this is that uh, upper village is not lower village. Lower village is not upper village. That there are distinct differences. We just all call you and, and, out there, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there are those distinct differences. And so, you know, I've heard people out here say that, you know, oh, they're, they're the same village, you know. And, yeah. And if, if that's what you think, you know, you, you got to uh, learn some more. Yeah. Because uh, the, there, there are distinct differences. And so for us lower Munkapis, us LVers is what they would call us, or we would call ourselves the lower village. You know, we thought we were a Mexican gang and, you know, so we were <laughs> LVers. Um, the LV crew. Uh, we always associated ourselves with Oraivi, and, yeah. that, and that's a, a relationship that never went away, even to this day. And then, like you all at Hotvela, you know, you guys are the hostiles. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, you know the history of how Hotvela became, you know, the split in 1906 from Oraivi, and you know all of that. Um, I don't know if any Hopi listeners out there want to do the whole history part of it, but that's pretty much like a history in a can, pretty. Yeah, and, and so you know, just growing up in the villages that we've grown up in, to hear those stories from our elders of how our villages were created, I feel like that kind of gives us uh, some pride, you know. Because yeah. like, like you know, you guys, the Hotvelas, the Hotvela hostiles, I've heard a lot of uh, people from Hotvela kind of say that with pride, you know, we we're we're the, the true rebels. Yeah, those are that, those like, are the, the ones that are just, uh, you know, those are the rejects out there that way. So. <laughs> And then, you know, us LVers, us lowers, you know, our, our dedication to uh, Oraivi and to, you know, maintain that real third Mesa way of our uh, culture and our religion is something yeah. that's kind of uh, profound with us. And then each village, you know, kind of has their own different things that they're proud of, um, you know, because you, 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 your gua is from uh, Songopavi. Yep. And so, you know, the Songopavis, you know, they, they say that F with, with pride yeah. you know, every time they, they say certain things it, in the Language. It's so weird how we can call ourselves Hopi, but we're so separated in our own ways. We're we're one people, but we're we're so different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's weird, and so I think that you know a lot of us, and, and I think that's true in any context where you know, and these are all pieces that kind of help to mold us. Yeah, in terms of you know how we perceive the outside world or how we perceive our own world. Yeah, within the villages and and the reservations, and, it, and it, you know it's kind of weird because Native Americans are the only people on this land here mm-hmm. that have to prove. That they are Native American, mm-hmm. which is weird. And uh-huh. I, I never knew that. I never knew that you have to prove to other people that you are from here. That you're from the motherlands? That you're from the motherlands. From Ninja Turtle Island. <laughs> and how, how do we prove that we're, we're Native? Well, most of us, we have um, CIB cards, Documentation. Right? Documentation. Some sort of legal documentation. Yep. And it's it's... When we when you were growing up, we didn't know that we had to have some some sort of thing like that. Mm-hmm. No, but now I mean we have to have that everywhere we go, mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. prove that we can be Native American. 
or mm-hmm. native mm-hmm. to this land here. And so I guess in terms of our identities as well, for Carl and J-Man's identity, we mentioned clans too. And, you know, I think back in the olden days, um, your whatever clan that you belong to, that truly molded your identity, right? Because yeah. back in the um, in the Hisset time, in, in the long, long ago, that each clan had their own, um, I guess, job for the village yeah. that they were um, in charge to do. And because so many of us today have moved outside of the village, like you're one of the very few that still lives within the village that yeah. they're from, that um, a lot of the clans kind of lost... Um, I guess, sight of, of what their purposes are. And so for uh, my clan, for example, I, I can share that um, back in the olden times that we were in charge of uh, to ensure that every household had food and water. Oh, yeah. And so I guess it was um, full circle that I went and became the five-star, five-diamond chef you know, <laughs> coming from the clan that I'm coming. And then if I'm uh, correct with you guys, you guys were the, the warriors yeah, of, we, of the village. Yeah. You were the warrior society. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, the saying that uh, a, a chain is only as strong as, as its weakest link. So, you know, depending on how strong you were, Carl. I am the strongest link in my linkage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fattest and the strongest in there. So, And so, um, and unfortunately, you know, I, I do think that that's why um, our identities are challenged these days as Native people. Yeah. It's because of things like uh, assimilation, uh, colonization, the fact that we've lost a lot of our culture or the fact that maybe because we're not in positions to learn our culture for those of, for, for those that have grown up off the reservation or maybe, you know, we're not within people that can teach us what our uh, cultures are or, you know, the histories yeah. of our people. Um, so uh, I guess back to you and I, uh, if you were to try to defend yourself as a Hopi person, what makes you Hopi? Why do you think that you're Hopi? Well, you know, I carry my Bitkana around in my car every time I go. <laughs> no, it was, you know, l- let me tell you a story. It's like um, when I was at, in Flagstaff, I was in Flagstaff and I was at, uh, remember that store, Ross? Ross, remember that clothing store? The clothing store, store, the clothing yeah. store yeah. Ross. And it was, it was there where... I had like this shock of a moment. It wasn't race. It wasn't racial or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was more or less just like proving that I belong to a Hopi society, Mm -hmm. which was this, you know, this, um, you know, this Bahana woman, she was asking me, she was like, oh yeah, you know what, what, um, you know, what, what Pueblo are you from? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, we, we, yeah, we are from the Pueblo people, but we identify ourselves as Hopi. And Mm -hmm. she's like, Hopi, I, you know, I heard, I heard of Navajo, I heard of Zuni, I heard of Akoma, but I, I've rarely known about Hopis and, you know, they're, they're people that I just kind of associated into just one mixture of, of like, uh, if you're brown, you're, you're, you know, you're you're, native, you're native pretty much. Or, Or you're Navajo. Or your Navajo, pretty much, or Mexican, <laughs> and so I said, no, we're we're Hopi. We, you know, we we do a lot of these uh, Hopi things, and it's kind of weird explaining to her about like our Hopi ceremonies and stuff, where she has no idea. She's like, you know, oh, okay, so you guys do powwow. I'm like, no, we don't do powwow. We we do a different type of dance. You know, uh-huh. we do uh-huh. uh, we're doing like a butterfly dance, and she's like, oh, so you dress up as butterflies, and I'm like, no. <laughs> No, no, we don't dress up as butterflies. Maybe some people do, but I don't know. (laughs) 
No, no, it, it's like a it's it's like a ballet, and so she was trying to relate that to something in the hope in the Bahana world, like yeah, you know, yeah. And it was kind of weird to explain to her, like you know, oh yeah, the men make the songs, the men go and get the girls, and so it was kind of weird to say that, oh yeah, the men um, make the girls dance, and she was like, make the girls dance, <laughs> like dance for them. I'm like, yeah, you know, there are these like uh, twelve, thirteen year old girls dancing for men, and she's like. They dance for you? And <laughs> like, yes, it's, it's a butterfly dance. And she just couldn't wrap her head around the concept of like this bovoltikive uh, that we usually have. And so it was it was it was kind of weird in a way to say that no, I come from this culture that we do these types of ceremonies like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a great point because I think a lot of us experience that where you almost have to deconstruct your own ceremonies just to explain yeah. to pahanas or non hopis how your ceremonies go. And I, and I think that's kind of a big distinction that we never mentioned is that we don't call our ceremonies ceremonies. No, we call them dances. Yeah. Because for us Hopis, we love to sing, we love to dance, and for you know uh, all of our ceremonies, there's usually some sort of tikive uh, uh, or dance that's associated with it, and so that's something that's usually um, affiliated with it. That's why we call them dances because some similar to that, you know, when I was uh, living uh, in Phoenix, talking to other friends, you know, some of them were native, but then we tell them, oh, we got a dance going on this yeah. weekend, and they think that they think like a hip hop dance, yeah. <laughs> they, they think like a country. dance dance but just not really understanding that that's what we call our ceremonies that we call them dances um but i guess in terms of um our our own identities um i think that one of the biggest um i guess uh girl scout patches in terms of identity is this idea of language ah, how language much, how much language do you know how much language do you not know? And, you know, I, I think that's kind of, a, a, I guess, a heartbreaker for some folks because they're not in a position to learn the language. Because, I mean, you ask any Native person, everybody's pro-language. I want to learn yeah. how to speak my language. Yeah. I want to learn how to talk. Um, and then we've mentioned in our previous uh, episodes that both you and I are at least proficient to a degree within language. But um, I guess in terms of the language, you know, how did you learn how to speak Hopi? See, I learned through my grandparents so they they taught me a lot about the language they taught me how and they're still teaching me about mm-hmm, the language mm-hmm. and stuff but when you go to like the kiva the men's society part of it where they're all mixed and uh you know the the first thing that they do is is uh teach you the bad words or the the dirty words pretty much uh-huh. and <laughs> i i think that's true in uh, any culture i think that is true like any culture you know, you're learning all the woman body parts and everything like that. And you're a 12 year old boy and learning like, all the sexual positions. <laughs> <laughs> you learn the first word, top the first, and then everything else comes second. <laughs> I, I think that I, I, I was similar in yours. Well, because um, I, I'm the youngest in my family. Yeah. By, by a large margin, my uh, the next sister is 16 years older than I am. And then my oldest sister is uh, 18 years older than my than I am. Wow. And so my parents had me kind of in their later years. Uh-huh. And so in comparison to a lot of my peers, my parents were practically the same age as their grandparents. Yeah. And so in a way, you know, from that same generation, that's where I learned to speak the language was because our parents mostly spoke Hopi to us when we were young. And then um, when my parents both went to work, my soul 
on my father's side yeah. would, would watch me and she always only spoke Hopi to us or yeah. if we had to go down to the to the LV to the lower village where my mother's mother would watch us then she'd speak Hopi to us too and so that's kind of how we um, learned how to speak and then um, you're somebody that I've seen speak to older people in Hopi yeah, and uh, I try to do the same thing, but there's many people that are our age that don't speak Hopi, or uh, maybe they understand, but they don't speak. And uh, you know, I think that one of the common sayings that those people say is that you know they they're just afraid of being embarrassed if they don't say things correctly, or um, like they they know what they want to say, yeah. but it's difficult for them to put the words in a row to where it makes a complete sentence. And so for me, I know that when I was probably a teenager, I understood and realized that our language was so important that I was going to do my best to start speaking. And so I decided with myself that, you know, regardless of what anybody says to me or yeah. how much laughing uh, or how much teasing it creates if I say something incorrectly that I was still going to do it no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's the, the lost part of it is that we, we joke around so much to the fact that we just don't want to attempt it again. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and Hopis are, and are Hopis. Yeah. And Hopis are notorious. notorious <laughs> if you're not from this reservation, I cannot emphasize to you. <laughs> Shit talkers. Yeah, exactly. You come out here, you better be ready to cry. <laughs> I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's that's kind of, you know, I guess how, how I learned because then, you know, sometimes, you know, you say things uh, incorrectly. But even though that people laugh at you, they'll yeah. still correct you. And they'll still correct they'll you. They'll still correct you. Yeah. And so that way, the next time that you say whatever it is that you were, um, that you made an error on, that you can say it correctly the next time. Yeah. I'm going to uh, test your skills real quick. See see how strong your language uh, is. See how Hopi strong Hopi the language is. is. I want you to say for the people out there, I went to a strip club <laughs> and I enjoyed it in Hopi. <laughs> I don't think Soul would approve of me doing that. So I'm very, very sorry for this right now. If you're listening out there, Soul, I'm sorry. When he says that he enjoyed it, Soul, he really means it. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> moving on to the whole situation. Our, our, our listeners want to learn Hopi, Carl. <laughs> how, how do you say this phrase? It's not bitu, it's bihu. <laughs> it, <laughs> I really thought I was going to be able to get you to say it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to, you know, Soul listens to our stuff too. So we have to keep it PG. G for her uh, ears right there. So, you know, I and, and so that's something that we've developed is that we both can uh, at least speak to a degree, um, you know, maybe one of us more than the other. But um, what are some, I guess, day to day practices that you do within your everyday life that you feel like reemphasizes the notion that you are Hopi? You know, the uh, the whole concept of like just talking to the elderly mm -hmm. just talking to them mm -hmm. it just makes you more uh i guess grounded to where you you come from mm -hmm. and it grounds you to the point where it's like you know okay i feel that if i talk to the elderly and i i make sure that i i know the the language i understand it i can conversate with it then it makes you 
uh, that person. It makes you part of that, that culture makes you part of it that. It makes you feel hopey. It makes you feel hopey. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, so like for me, I think is um, going down to the fields. Yeah. Going down to the fields because, you know, uh, culturally we're, or historically we're, we're a farming people. Yeah. And so, you know, go, being able to go down there to see the corn. And I think for me, because, you know, I, I'm a thinker, I, I think a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always thought about was, you know, what was life like back in the day? What yeah. was life like before we were all speaking English and, uh, you know, wearing all our bougie native gear and, yeah. you know, doing all these things um, within our villages, but to the point where all the people spoke Hopi, all the people had a deeper understanding of our ceremonies and et cetera. I always used to think about those things when I'm down at the field, mostly because you can see the corn. Oh, yeah. You can see your bean plants and you understand that, you know, that this was the life back then. This, your your field was the bashes back then, that when you truly needed that, uh, sustenance to live that that's where it came from that it came from your cornfields so yeah that's one one practice that- and and you know when i was talking with kwa and and that's what he would say he he said you know we we live in that in at the field uh-huh and that's where we grew up from mm-hmm. and so nowadays we don't do that we don't we go visit the field every once once a week pretty uh-huh. much uh-huh uh, you, you all probably thought that he said something real stoic in the language, but what he really said was, I went to the strip club so and I enjoyed it. <laughs> strip club is uh, called Uyi, so. <laughs> For you all non-native speakers out there, so. <laughs> when you go to a strip club, just use uyi. uyi. <laughs> I came here for the uyi. I came, for, I came here for the uyi. <laughs> Look at all those uyis out there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's. Are, are there any other um, things that you do? Because I mean, I guess it, it, uh, to add to um, what you made about in terms of speaking with the people, because for those that don't speak Hopi, I feel like that when you can speak Hopi, when you can truly understand Hopi, that it carries this vibe with it. Yeah. Because, you know, Hopis, they say that we're humble people. Yeah. And so, especially when it involves the ceremony talk, that a lot of what um, the language says is that basically, you know, things like um, we're, we're not really in control of our lives, but rather it's it's a, a higher power that's in control. And you can really feel the, um, I guess, the sincerity in yeah. the language and when you're, you're hearing that language being spoken like that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we don't we don't pray just for the people here. We pray for everything. You know, we pray for everything that is living. Sopkyawat, sinom, you know, every every living thing mm-hmm. that is out mm-hmm. there. And when you when you mention that that it includes all living things, creatures, plants, rocks, yep. animals. I, I guess that would be the true uh, all lives matter. All uh, lives matter term. speech there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, I think it really does, though, because I, I think that, you know, the way I guess the way that our language developed, it developed with the people based on on how we lived. Yeah. Because out here in Hopi land, uh, there's no rivers. No, there's no lakes. No, nope. um, there's a few small springs. And that's, you know, basically how the villages were able to uh, sustain themselves. But for, you know, for the crops, you know, it had to come from from up above. Yeah, that the moisture had to come up from up above. And so I think that for us, that it re- really created this sincerity type of mentality that when you do something that you have to be all in 
uh, mentally, within your heart. And then I think that because that's how we live, that that really translated into the language and that it really also kind of captured this idea that Hopi people have this pathway. And uh, within this Hopi pathway, you don't ask for any more than that yeah. because that's all you need to live a good life. And you hear things like that, too. And I think that it's kind of hard, at least I can say, maybe, you know, you probably agree with this, too, that now we're living in this um, in this uh, two-sided world, I guess, where you're living Hopi. Yeah. But we're also living Bahana. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you hear this term in Bahana where they say living your life to the fullest, which means, you know, uh, traveling all over the world. What, what's that term? YOLO? YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> where you live in this YOLO society, yeah. you know, where you want to do these, you know, crazy outgoing things. But in Hopi, what they say is that, um, which means living your life to the fullest, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It means living your life with everything that's supposed to be within it, growing up into your adult years, having your kids, raising your kids to be good people, contributing yeah. to your village. And then when your time is ready to go, that's what that means. Yeah. It's living your life in the way that you're supposed to. So I think that, you know, for, for us in this day and age, is that's kind of one of the um, difficult things to do is to navigate those avenues where you're getting a lot of influence from the Bahana world, but yet we're still trying to be Hopi. Yeah, that is true. And that that is that is one of the things that we as Hopis kind of identify as ourselves is that, you know, going back to the humble part of it, it it's I think that's where people kind of got mixed up is that, yeah, we are humble people, but we're very, very angry at each other. <laughs> Your your village don't do things right. <laughs> My I, village knows more than your village. I know more than everybody out there. <laughs> I am the captain of this show. And I, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, maybe that's why we're, we're like that now Yeah, is because, you know, this message of what it truly means to be Hopi's kind of been lost Yeah, because like that, we don't talk to each other no. in Hopi no. all the time anymore. See, see you're our generation, mm-hmm. our, both, both our generation, you know, we, we, I think we are the last kind of generation that actually knows how to conversate mm-hmm. in Hopi still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't seen anyone younger than us that that can kind of conversate mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, and it, it, I don't know, I don't know if it's, it's a sad thing to see, but it, it may be just a new way of living. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm uh-huh. not. I, I, you know, I, I think I agree with you in that, you know, a lot of the younger folks, unfortunately, they don't speak Hopi. So, you know, for all of you speakers out there, if you're listening, you know, we encourage you to uh, speak to your uh, children. Oh, yeah. To, to your younger relatives, because, you know, I used to do a lot of speaking engagements where I would speak to folks. And I would yeah. always tell people that, you know, if you um, truly want to learn your language, just at least say the things, the words that you do know. Yeah. And make that a part of your normal vocabulary to where you're saying certain things um, in in places that they belong. So, you know, when you burn yourself on the uh, stove, it's a day. Or yeah. you know, if you uh, do anything else, you know, yeah. like yeah. Carl going to the strip club and you know, <laughs> using the vocabulary. Uh, you know, uh, that. you know, I've been I've been uh, I've been doing these pageants, uh, the Miss Hopi pageant out mm-hmm. here for, mm-hmm. you know, more than 10 years out here and there was this uh bahana guy that wanted to um wanted to record 
wanted to record, and so he plugged in his uh, his little recorder at, at the booth that I am, I'm at, and I, I do the AV, I do all the sound and visuals and stuff like that, and I, I and he he caught me off guard where he was like, um, he's just a plane behind that guy, and he's he spoke he spoke Hopi. He's like, Lomatavke, you know, I'm doing hinta, and I'm like, I'm standing there, I'm like, uh, I'm doing fine, sir. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know what to say. I, I was like, I, I, it's a Pahana guy. Do I talk Pahana or do I talk Hopi? Because he's talking. So he's a he's a Pahana guy talking Hopi, and I'm a Hopi guy talking Pahana to him. So I'm like, it's a good day, sir. How's the weather out there? How are you walking? It's a little, today? it's a little nipply out there. <laughs> Or you're walking as well. <laughs> Speaking of Bahamas, and you know, in, in one of the episodes you introduced uh, greetings, Hopi Americans. Do, yeah. you, do you consider yourself an American? Do I consider myself an American? Uh-huh. Well, we live on American soil, uh-huh. but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're actual Americans. You, you pay know, federal taxes? I pay federal taxes. You got a Trump check? I got a Trump check. I, I think you're American. I think I am American. <laughs> so, um, I, I, at least in terms uh, for me, because uh, I come from, you know, I have an American Indian Studies background. And um, I, I think that um, so many young Native people, I, I feel like that a lot of people have a lot of anger. You know, yeah. They have a lot of anger yeah. and they speak out with a lot of uh, angriness in their voices. Yeah. Uh, mostly uh, against things like uh, just being mistreated treated by you know the federal government by yeah. by you know certain people yeah. and so you know you hear a lot of them talking about you know decolonization you know we should move away from from the um the colonized world and practice be be more indian we yeah need to be be more more indigenous and yeah. things like that but i've always felt that you know um as much as i uh used to say that you know or i hear others saying that that you know i do delve in this bahana world quite frequently which i think we all do yep whether we want to admit that or not um and so you know just thinking back on it like that question you know um it took a long time for me to finally admit that i was american yeah you know because i like steaks rather than bevel so (laughs) i yeah and so i you know i thought that you know i was one of those angry people yeah that used to you know uh, fight against the system we gotta decolonize this and that but i think that as you get older you tend to chill out and especially once you get kids and then you do that you you kind of admit to some of the um pleasures i guess that from you know that that's introduced to us through the bahana world yeah and so like you you know i love a mid-rare steak from these fancy restaurants because it makes me feel good about myself and and i can afford that type of uh food ticket you know and and not saying that we're all assimilated but we're all we just like we just like not hopi sometimes but we're all assimilated (laughs) you know you just i just don't want to be hopi for a day (laughs) And, and so, you know, what, what are what are some, uh, I guess, indulges that you like from the Bahana side of, well, of who you know, we are? Well, Waffle House is one, so we can count that in. <laughs> what are what are what are your some uh, favorite restaurants? Because I think we all love love to eat, you know, uh, food that's outside of our reservation. Uh, I mean, I'm not traditional. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm diet. not a I'm not a picky eater. You know, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and get the. Get the four ninety nine dollar meal at Burger King. Nice. You know, number eight, choose number eight, guys. That's the best. You know, and and you know, I well, because because I grew up with old people, and so I they trained me to say that you know, Sizz- all of, Sizzler, <laughs> hometown buffet, 
You probably stop at Golden Corral when you're driving through Gallup. And that's at four o'clock in the afternoon having dinner. So <laughs> I was old at 10 years old. So I was already 56, 56 years old at 10 years old. I was already giving advice to younger children that was like, back in my day, Carl, you're, we're the same age. I was like, back in my day, you know, we used to uh, eat mud. <laughs> Now you guys have this fancy Play-Doh. <laughs> now you guys got this kinetic sand <laughs> that you guys eat. You can't eat that. Does it taste like mud? There's chemicals in there. <laughs> so, you know, I, I grew up with older older people, and I I knew their their whole idea of um, growing up in the 1950s. Okay. Okay. So all of my teachings are in that in that era. Isn't it? Um, I, I, I feel like that, you know, I can relate to that because my parents are similar. My parents are actually probably the same age as, as Iroquois in Seoul. So they're 80-something? A little bit long. They're in their 70s. Oh, okay. But, you know, I, I think that some of that uh, mentality from oh, okay. back in the day um, was definitely taught to me. And so it, it's, a, it's a little bit tough now, I think, to be able to live in this society where we're so PC. You can't say, you know, certain terms about certain things and, you know, I know that there's some folks out there like that. Like they don't they don't like the term Indian. Yeah. Because that's not the correct term. And which which I agree with. But then, you know, us res folk, we still say that word a lot. We, we're we saying we're, say Indian. we're Indian, yeah. And it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of you know, I'm I, there was this group that was in Hotvela once, and it was a Pahana group that came from uh, Oregon. And okay. they said that we want to see the Hopi natives. We want to at least view their culture and stuff. I guess it was like a students and, uh, and they were asking me is like, so what do we call you? Do we call you native American? Do we call you Indian? Do we, do we call you? And what, what do we call you? And I said, well, you can call me Carl. for <laughs> once. <laughs> you can, you can say Carl, but I, my name is Carl. <laughs> You know, you can call, and it was it was strange to them to say that. Oh, I don't want to say you, you know, guys are you're not Indian, you're not from India. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because like the outside society is more sensitive to in, in terms of I guess uh, communicating with us than we are with each other. Yeah, because you know that word still is used a lot here on the reservation, yeah, yeah. Indian. But then if you go to like you know your local universities, you know where where they have like a native in, indigenous program, like that's the nerd the the term. Yeah, is that we're indigenous people, you know, our indigeneity, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess that's kind of one of the the biggest differences, I guess, like in terms of our identities, is that we were both raised by people that kind of had an older um, men- mentality towards life, and it's hard to carry yourself in that way in today's society. Yeah. Um, because, you know, things are so different now, which, you know, I, I think, I guess in my opinion, you know, I think that there's some good and bad for both, you know, some of that old school mentality. I think kind of back then they were still a little bit more centered on this idea that you had to earn certain things before that, you know, you you received things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like that that mentality is lost on, on this day's generation because I feel like that we want to label ourselves certain names without earning those types of identities and i guess in a way that's kind of an ode to hopi because you know you hear the old people talk about hopi they don't talk about it as something that you're born into but it's a life way that you have to live in be able to earn that name yeah 
And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, in terms of the old old way, that's kind of something that they used to talk about in, in, in this day and age. You know, there's there's some 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 progressions in some ways. Yeah. But um, sometimes I think that because we don't know certain things about our culture and our language that we tend to dilute certain messages. But I guess in terms of um, talking about what we're talking about, um, I, I, I have this question for you. Okay. And so this is kind of, uh, and I, I think that this practice was started to help Native students strengthen their cultural identities. But in terms of on the reservation, it's a practice that we don't do a whole often, and that's introducing yourself in your traditional language. It, and it, it's only because, uh, you know, you, you have like these, the Miss Hopi, you know, mm-hmm. they're always constantly doing that. You're mm-hmm. always constantly saying... Uh, happy whatever their name is uh-huh. whatever their name the is and yeah name. yeah uh, my my pahana name uh-huh. you know from wherever village you're from mm-hmm. and and you know we don't we don't do that we we don't we don't necessarily do that here on the reservation when's the last time you saw a hopi man stand up to make a speech in the kiva and then introduce himself in hopi first now he called us all fools first so <laughs> You guys are just stupid asses out here. <laughs> no, no, you know, it, we don't do that in society. We don't do that in Hopi society. It, it, it's 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 kind of a foreign practice. Would you yeah, agree? I think it. I think it is like with good morning, like uh-huh. like lomato um, lengva. You know, uh-huh. we we don't That's say something that. that you don't say. We don't in say normal yeah. conversation. And we, we, I never heard it said before in my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I never, never thought that would, it would be like that. So I guess in a way that we've changed um, the way we speak to kind of cater to how we speak English, right? Yeah. Like, in, like with English, you know, you, you see somebody first thing in the morning, oh, good morning. Yeah. And then so that's how that term lamata langva or, or nakwangta langva yeah. for the ladies out there. Yeah. How that term was developed. And then that, the whole introducing yourself, because I guess the real traditional way is that you know, if I saw you for the first time, I didn't know who you are. It'd be like, um, haki. Yeah. Or like, hey, what's up, fool? <laughs> <laughs> or nowadays, like that. Yeah. And so, you know, you say, um, haki, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? And then that's when you say, uh, Carlton, uh, <laughs> And, and then it's an actual conversation yeah. to where you figure out yeah. these things. And then from there, it goes to umhimuwungwa. Yeah. And then that's when you would like, say. What's your clan? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, and that's how we kind of get to know each other. A more natural way. Yeah. A more traditional way. Yeah. Guess, more of, of, of that introduction. But when you say it in Bahana way, it kind of sounds it aggressive. Sounds, it sounds strange. It yeah, sounds yeah. strange. Like, like, who hey, are you? Who are you? <laughs> what's, your, what's your name? <laughs> what's your clan? Where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> And uh, well, I, I guess the reason why I asked that is because coming from the background that I do with uh, my American Indian Studies degree, yeah. uh, they really pounded into your head that that's something that you had to do. Yeah. You have to introduce yourself in your traditional language for that, for justification reasons yeah. as to uh, who you are as a person, from what uh, tribe you belong to and, and the language that we spoke. But it was always something that I thought about because in a way, I always felt that it it was kind of uh, it was a positive and negative because I felt that the positive side is that it forced you to learn how to at least say that phrase in your language. My yeah. name is so and so. Yeah. And if there's clans affiliated, these are my clans. This is where I'm from. This is who I am. Yeah. But I also always felt that in all in a way is that it made people that it made people feel like that that's the only thing you had to learn. 
instead of pushing yourself to learn other things, uh, I guess a more um, to, to learn other things outside of just what your introduction is. And so that's something that I've kind of always, I guess, in a way struggled with. Um, and so, you know, I, I got away from it because I used to do it because I used to do it all the time. I yeah. always used to introduce myself in my language all the time, but I've really gotten away from that. And I think that's just uh, from from being home. Um, to seeing that isn't it's not really a natural thing to do out here on our reservation. See, I don't have to introduce myself out here because everybody knows me. So I think I'm the most popular guy around here. So I'll be like, hey, what's up, Carl? I, I think that's very debatable. <laughs> They'll be I, like, hey, Carl. I'll be like, I, hey, guy. I want to visit this world that you live in. <laughs> Oh, you'd be amazed. I, I, I really want to go there. You'd be amazed how much I become a captain of my world. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I really do feel like, though, unfortunately, you know, and, you know, unfortunately that for some folks out there that don't, um, I guess, really know their language yeah. or, or know a whole lot about their culture, um, I think it's tough for them, right? To, it is. Uh, it's kind of, uh, I guess, really fee- truly feel native or to truly feel Hopi or, you know, whatever tribe it is that and, they belong to. And there are a lot of natives out there that have lost a lot of their, their language, tribes. their culture. Yeah. Their, tribes, certain tribes. Yeah. They have lost everything. They almost. lost everything to that. And it's, it's, it's a saddened way because... You know, they're trying their hardest to get it back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. see, Hopi, we have not lost much, but we are losing it. We're, we're starting to we're lose starting it. We're starting to lose you it. See it. And, and you, you see it, it a lot. Yep. Um, because, you know, if you live out here, you know, you see the changes and you talk to the old people like, you know, we do on almost a daily basis. And yeah. you hear them talk about it a lot of time. Yeah. Um, the, the changes that are happening around here and some of the things that they're saying. Um, and so, you know, for those of you out there, you know, that um, want to know more about your culture, want to know more about your language, you know, we definitely encourage you to go and do that because, and, and I know it's difficult for, like, you, like you're saying, for some tribes, there's not yeah. really resources out there for people to be able to learn. Um, but, you know, I, I guess uh, that would be uh, some research opportunities for you all out there that if you want to learn more to try to seek out those individuals that do know something yeah. about, you know, the your traditional cultures and languages to be able to um, strengthen that knowledge within yourself. So, you know, definitely it's an encouragement. Well, you want to get out of here? Already. Yeah, already. Man, I, I do we have to? <laughs> I have a date, so, you know. <laughs> I, I told you this podcast would find you a girlfriend. <laughs> I have uh, many girlfriends out here, so. Uh, they're really mine. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's about that time, so. And so we thank you for joining us for this episode. Definitely, like we said, you know, if you have any uh, questions for us or any hot topics you want us to talk about, email us at uh, cjpodcast85 at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode seven. Seven. We're going to entitle that The Lost Foods. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.